Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? I'll tell you my answer to that question in today's episode. Hi there. Welcome to episode 70 of the show. My name's Darren Prokabiak, and I'm here to help commercial real estate professionals save time, earn more, and be top performers in their market. In today's episode, I'm going to be serving up part two of the interview that I did on the CRE Academy podcast hosted by Raphael and Jeff. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on your show. Coming up, we're going to be talking about how my 12 years of living and working overseas has helped me help others in commercial real estate, why I decided to start this business, CRE Success, and the advice that I would now give to my younger self. I'm going to get real with you on this one. So, Uh, Let's get back to that interview. If you missed the first half, you can go back and listen to last week's episode of the podcast, episode 69. But now, here's the second half of the interview from Jeff and Raphael. Kind of touching back on on the the previous experience that we we were mentioning with you in Korea and and elsewhere, how has that international experience helped the way you approach your current business today? Um. So I think it's made me uh, more patient and probably I wasn't patient enough when I was in Korea. But I think, again, when I reflect on the time that I had there and the things that used to frustrate me at the start that didn't frustrate me at the end, I realized that I did become a lot more patient about some of those cultural differences, which were, uh, you know, probably I come back, I've got the reverse culture shock and I actually prefer the Korean way of doing a lot of things now um, versus the Australian way or the, or the Western way. So, um, but having gone through that experience the first time of seeing things done another way and had trouble accepting them, I'm a lot more accepting now when I come back here and just realize, you know what, there's just another way of doing things. It's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different. And that's the cultural context that I'm in. I think... Being in Korea as an expat, because Korea isn't an expat-heavy market, it gave me exposure to a lot of senior people that I wouldn't have had exposure to before, and that probably gave me some business maturity that I wouldn't have able wouldn't have been able to acquire in the same number of years if I had stayed in Australia. I think doing business in Korea is challenging because it is a a very different um, cultural context, to use that term again, but also. Korea is a market where outsourcing is not that common, or at least it's not the done thing like it is in Western markets. So your big players like your LGs or your Samsungs, they're far more likely to want to internalize and to give their business to their own business units or subsidiaries as opposed to outsource to a subject matter expert. Now, there are exceptions to that rule, and it's certainly the market is maturing and there's more service providers, but generally that's sort of, I think that that is a fair statement to make. So that means it's just more challenging to convince others of your, your role in the market. And also with other clients who are there who are working for multinational companies, they would have the mindset of, well, hang on, why would we want to pay someone to do it when we can do it ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to really prove the value that you can add. So there were a lot more challenges when it comes to winning business. It's not just, you know, being better than your competitor, but it's being better than the alternative of doing it yourself, which is almost challenging the idea of 
you know, well, you know, we're better than Samsung kind of thing. And like, you know, who's better than Samsung? Um, yeah. Not many companies, right? So um, these were some of the challenges that I had to deal with. Um, and I think the other one is, is just the hierarchy. Like Korea is a very hierarchical society. So I don't think any Korean person would disagree with me when I say that. And, you know, if two little kids in Korea met each other on the playground, one of the first things they'll ask each other is their age. So they know who's the boss because the one who's older is the one who's the boss. And um, so there's, it was, there was so many different things to understand about Korean culture and, and my role within it um, that, you know, I, I just, I learned a lot about myself, the way people interact, being more accepting, more patient. Um, you know, it, there was so many benefits that came to me from being there. So, you know, I'm really, and, and I, obviously I met my wife as well. So that's a pretty good little bonus too. Absolutely. That kind of, that brings me when I worked uh, Central and South America, I do it. I experienced the same things and brought that some of their cultures back and been utilizing them actually uh, to this day. And I think it's actually beneficial to someone. Um, I encourage people if, if they get an opportunity to work outside of their own country to go and to, to do that because the experience and the growth, like you said, you had never matured and grown in a business standpoint if you just stayed right there in Melbourne and not went to Korea. So yeah, definitely. Just, it provides you a different context with which to view the, the world. Like it gives you a different yeah. lens with which to approach your business problems. Because if you have a very siloed approach because of your, your, your general life experiences, and that's nothing wrong with that. It's just, if you don't have that broad perspective from being, having worked outside of the United States or in your case, Australia, or, you know, taking a position that's something that's completely out of your comfort zone, you won't necessarily have that perspective. And so I think, what people can learn from what you've just said is that, you know, regardless of what environment you're in, try to get outside your comfort zone a bit. Maybe take that position uh, outside of, of your hometown. Maybe, you know, dive into an industry that you may or may not have thought would be of interest to you or, you know, like you, like you did, you know, go to another country and, and, and take, take a position outside of your comfort zone. So. Or um, take the, um, the opportunity to take on more responsibility. Yeah. And you know, even before maybe you think that you're ready or before everyone else thinks you're ready, because if someone's offering you the opportunity, then somebody thinks you're ready, right? Mm -hmm. And if you've got that ambition to want to continue to move up, the only way that you'll find out if you can't do it is by doing it, right? So you may as well take the opportunity and do it because that's the way that you grow, right? You, you, you'll make maybe a few little mistakes at the start, but, um, you know, the president is never president before he's president, right? So, uh, you know, there's only so much preparation you can have before you step into the next role that you take in your career, and that's by doing the job. Yeah. And speaking of that, like opportunity and, and taking a leap. So when you came back and you said you were working from JL over there in Melbourne, so you came back. What made you take the actual leap to go more into the entrepreneurship? Yeah, it was a couple of things. Um, so I think when I came back to Melbourne, I wasn't in a leadership role like I was in Korea. So that was a difference. And I um, was put into a role where it was more of a business development focus. And I guess I could feel that some people around me probably weren't as open to some of the ideas that I was sharing as perhaps people who were around me before were. And that's probably because I wasn't in that position of authority to sort of uh, encourage people to sort of see things my way. Mm -hmm. um, so it sort of became clear to me that the leadership opportunities that I might have been looking for weren't materializing as quickly as I would like. But also I saw around me that I felt that there were people in leadership positions who didn't take their responsibility seriously. 
And I also felt that there were people who needed leadership, guidance, mentorship that weren't getting it. So I saw this, this gap, this, this mismatch of needs and what is being provided to the industry. But also I saw some people who were being elevated into leadership positions who perhaps did take those responsibilities more seriously than other people who were in those positions, but they didn't have a lot of um, exposure to good quality leaders to help them be the leader that they wanted to be. So they were kind of a little bit lost. So I saw this confluence of things going on and I thought this is an opportunity. And like I said, I saw that there were people running businesses in North America servicing the commercial real estate industry and also in Australia servicing the residential industry. And the commercial real estate industry is huge. So I felt that this was an opportunity. I felt that I had the, um, you know, going back to my experience in Korea, the fact that I'd been in senior leadership positions meant that I had that credibility that I could point to as someone who's been experienced in leadership. And also I've got, I guess, I believe in the importance of emotional intelligence. And, you know, it's not just about, you know, cranking out 50 phone calls or connects a day. It's, there's a lot of other things going on when it comes to how you can be successful in commercial real estate. Um, these are things that I wanted to talk about, some of the mindset elements, um, you know, their time management, your personal branding, your own leadership and qualities and, and attributes as a person. So that was really where I saw the opportunity. And then, um, you know, I left JLL at the start of um, 2020, which was when coronavirus was all flaring up. And so, you know, my services were no longer required there. And I realized that this is the time to start it. And I already had reserved things like the domain name and the handle on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all these things. So it was all ready to go. It was just, you know, who was going to sort of give me that push to make it happen. And it was sort of a bit of JLL and a bit of um, coronavirus that put me in this position where, okay, now's the time to actually do this. So, um, you know, within a month of leaving JLL, I, I did the launch and launched that ebook that I mentioned before. And, and uh, here we are. Yeah, that's that's a great story, and 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 again, I, I'm sure at the time, you know, you you you've been thinking about this for a long period of time, and and everyone goes through that transition point when they're you know pre, at a previous position, and then they're thinking about going through the entrepreneurship route. I mean, I struggled with that for several years before actually, you know, jumping into the commercial real estate space. You know, so you know that that mindset shift that occurs. I mean, whether that's forced or whether that's just a leap. I, again, I, I think I think people everywhere, especially those who are looking to eventually start a business are the ones who kind of struggle with it. Uh, and it is a natural thing. It really is. So uh, the, the fact that you've made, you made that mindset shift and now you're starting to see what entrepreneurship is all about and you're starting to build a business that I, I believe will be very successful uh, for you in the long term. Uh, it just bodes, it just shows the, the commitment you have to the industry. So I think um, one way that I knew that my commitment was getting stronger was um, after sort of four or five months of starting the business, I stopped looking at the job ads, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, uh, when, when the idea of applying for a job completely goes out of your mind, I think there's one step is starting the business. The next step is being really committed to it and saying, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Like I'm, I'm sticking at this. I'm not interested in, I'm not just waiting until something better comes along. I'm going to actually make a real goal of this. And that it took me a few months to get to that point as well, because when you start a business, it's slow. And I was starting it during coronavirus as well. And, I didn't really know what I was doing, right? But um, but I got there in the end and, um, you know, we've had some progress and thank you for your vote of confidence. I appreciate that. I hope it, it comes true. And, and you know, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. So um, I'm here to, to realize to realize that um, ambition. It's, it's not just a story, right? It, it, it's your journey. And 
you have so much further to go with this and in your entrepreneurship journey. So I, I think that uh, your excitement, it shows uh, already. And I know that you're going to go far because you can see the passion. So I'm excited to, to, to watch your career and your business just just go up. So. Oh, good. I'm I'm trying to you know not be too too over the top for you. So I'm I'm no. glad that it's still coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's perfect. So, um, so if you could go back uh, in time and you could give advice to your younger self, what what would you do? If it, it could just be one or two things, you don't have to. <laughs> um, so there's uh, it would be to be a bit more um, to have more moderation in your life. So I think that. I'm the sort of person that doesn't do things by halves. And, yeah. um, you know, that can work for me and it can work against me. And um, one thing that I did uh, nearly two years ago is that I quit drinking because I was the sort of person who was uh, very excitable when I would get drunk. And um, I wasn't a daily drinker, but I was somebody who, once I got started, didn't really like to stop. And, um, you know, realizing that. Uh, if perhaps I could have had some moderation in my life with that, I, I would love to be able to be a moderate drinker, but I, I just don't have that capability. So, um, but with some things like, you know, working too hard or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you, you do need to try and have some balance and moderation. So um, I guess it would be to have more balance and moderation in my life to um, to make sure that things don't um, sort of get the better of me because that drive and that passion and that energy um, if you channel it in the right way, it can be really powerful, but sometimes it can also, um, you know, get a little bit of a life of its own and can can go in the wrong directions. And then you've got to make sort of some tougher choices down the road. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bezos actually said this uh, phrase that I thought was very poignant. And it was the, there's no such thing as work-life balance, but there's work-life harmony. So there's going to be periods in your life where you're working you know, a sizable amount. And then there's going to be periods where, you know, it's maybe not required as much. So, you know, living within that harmony and, and it's different for every, every person, you know, there's like, like, like when you first get started in your business, I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of late nights trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And then at a certain point in time, as you start scaling, you start reaching your, 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 your peak, or at least getting towards a, a more stabilized environment, then it becomes a lot more now shifting focus towards other things within your life. And so, you know, I, I always, I always kind of had questions about that whole concept of work-life balance. But, you know, I think that that work-life harmony piece really illustrates, uh, I think, more clearly what exactly uh, people should strive to do. So maybe the advice more purely is don't drink too much. But that might, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that might have been the advice. <laughs> that was the initial no, advice. Yeah. No, that, that was great advice. I mean, there is such thing as a, a, a burnout phase of any anyone, right? So, I mean, if you don't believe me, just try to work 72 hours straight and see what happens. You know, you're not going to be productive. You're not going to move the needle barely, if any, at that point. So um, I think we've all gone through that. And uh, I think a lot of people, even at our ages now, that still need to hear that. Hey, you know, you're, a lot. you're working, you know. 150 hours a week let's let's dial it back and spend some family time or yeah. you know, it's it's a lot a of times it's a, a lot of times it's a cultural thing too like depending yeah. on the organization sometimes there's an expectation of people that say oh you need to have your butt in the seat for a certain amount of time which i never agreed with i never really understood yeah. that concept and you know i think that most more people are starting to realize that that's not the way to do things and it's not the most productive way to do things either so uh, it's that's sort of funny like this um you know people talk about the silver linings of um COVID-19, right? And and in some ways, it's that 
there is some more sort of flexibility of the way people work, but also people are more burnt out than ever. That seems like they're working harder than ever. So I don't think people have, um, it, it, it sort of seems to me like that COVID-19 in some ways has amplified some of the problems that exist in society and that, that there's still more work to be done um, in that area of people having that balance or you know, having that harmony, as, as you say, or, or a bit more moderation in, in their lives. Definitely, no, of course. So one of the things we like to ask near the tail end of our episode is, is, is to learn a little bit more about, you know, the different books that were super impactful for you in your life. I mean, you know, Jeff and I are, and really the audience are avid reader, readers. And so we always like hearing recommendations from different people. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a real estate book. I mean, one of, one of the most impactful books I ever read was called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And he talked about, you know, small incremental actions every single day add up to massive results. And that's one of the things that kind of changed the trajectory of my life back when I read it when I was 23 years old. I was wondering maybe if you could share one that was really impactful to you. I can share um, a couple if that's okay. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah one, um, I would say almost anything by Brian Tracy. Like Brian Tracy is probably my personal favorite um, when it comes to personal development and, and professional growth. He was the one that sort of got me introduced to this space more than 10 years ago. Um, there was one in particular from him, which was the, I think it's it's no excuses about self-discipline and, you know, just understanding the importance of self-discipline, doing the things that need to be done, even when you don't want to do them. Um, you know, that was a really powerful concept that spoke to me. So, um, you know, I encourage your readers to, if they're not aware of who Brian Tracy is, he's, he's, he's getting on a bit now, if you look at his videos, but um, yeah, he's still out there, still plugging away, and and you go through his book. He's a prolific writer, and he's probably got 20, 30 books out there. And and um, it, it really you got to find what resonates for you, right? But that's his stuff really resonates with me. And I guess a couple um on sort of there's the classic book about how to relate with people, which is how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I think that's required reading for anyone who works in commercial real estate. But a similar book that also I quite like, which is maybe. Um, less known is called How to Talk to Anyone. And um, it's by a lady named with an L. I can't remember the name right now. Mm -hmm. But um, she talks about this idea of having a flooding smile. And maybe I was just like, you know, give, giving people the, the smile or sticky eyes is another sort of term that she has. And just these little sort of tactics that can help you build rapport with people. Um, so I, I really like that one and, and actually listened to the audio book of that one. And the, just the way the woman's voice read the book was perfect in terms of what they were talking about. So I'd, uh, that, that would be the ones that I would encourage um, people to take a look at. Oh, definitely. I mean, even when you're talking, like imagine when you're talking to someone on the phone and, and you have, you know, a smile on your face and you have energy, et cetera. I mean, it, it just, it has, it's a different conversation than, you know, if you were hunched over and, you know, you're kind of, you know, not, not engaging in any way. I worked in um, in radio in uh, before I worked in um, commercial real estate, and my program director at the time he says you've got to smile because people can hear that smile, yeah. even if they can't see you. And you know that yeah, that's a really good point. It definitely resonates for sure. You can feel the feel the vibe, I guess, through the microphone, <laughs> through the speakers. So yeah. Um, so thank you. I want to start out with rounding in this off. It, Darren, we really really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot from you uh, just by uh, it, even your advice uh, that you gave to your younger self. Uh, it's always nice to hear that from someone else. Um, but we have a CRE treasure chest and um, it's a repository of things that uh, a lot of our uh, guests have come on and gave us like PDFs or electronic uh, ebook or anything like that. Um, and so we just wanted to know what you're willing to contribute to that and uh, get to our listeners. So. 
I had another idea, but given we've talked about the ebook, I think I should put the ebook in there, right? So um, the five P's of commercial real estate success. If you want to know more about those five P's, I'll share that uh, that link with your treasure chest so people can, can get their hands on it. It's a really easy read, 15 minutes. And um, I hope that your listeners get some value from it. Definitely. No, I'm, I'm sure they will. And and, yeah. and again, I, I'm really thankful that we were able to get this going um, and, and have this this talk because I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, are going to gain value from this message. And uh, yeah, I think I think we did a great thing here today. So, well, first off, thank you so much, Darren. We really do appreciate everything that you do for the industry. And I'm really excited to see your growth uh, going forward. Like, I really do think that uh, you're going to be a big deal uh, in your in your line of work, uh, both in Australia and hopefully even around the world. So we're excited to see your growth over time. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask is how can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about your services or, you know, just reach out for any questions? So my website is cresuccess.co. Couldn't get .com. Don't know who has that, but I've got .co. So um, you can grab that one um, or just Google CRE success and you'll be able to find me. Um, LinkedIn's the main channel I'm on. So um, connect with me on LinkedIn and look forward to... Uh, to sharing content and getting to know you further. Definitely. No, I encourage you guys to do that too. That's actually how we we connected Darren and I. So uh, definitely reach out to him on LinkedIn and we'll include all the links that he referenced below in the show description. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. And if you're watching this on Apple Podcasts or listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to click the link below and it'll take you to his website and you know we'll even provide his LinkedIn page so you can add him on LinkedIn. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Jeff and Raphael, for having me on your podcast. It is the CRE Academy podcast. I hope you did enjoy the interview, the book recommendations, by the way, and also a free download of the five P's of commercial real estate success are all available at CREsuccess.co forward slash books. So if you'd like to get your hands on those book recommendations that I just offered up to Jeff and to Raphael, you can grab them at CREsuccess.co forward slash books. We'll be back with another regular episode next week. For now, thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.